This is the Eating Well Podcast number 10 for Friday, January 20th on the benefits of an alternative diet. I'm Michelle. I'm Steve. Welcome to our show. Thanks for listening. The intro music is Groove It by Dennis Kitchen, part of the Podsafe Music Network, available at music.podshow.com. You can send us an email at eating.well at gmail.com. Our website is eatingwellpodcast.blogspot.com. And on our website, we have plenty of little quick links to subscribe with iTunes, with Podnova, and you can vote for us on Podcast Alley, my Yahoo music page. It's really simple. And today, at the end of the show, we're going to address some of the listener questions that have been coming in. We have been answering questions in the show, and uh, it seems like it's just going to be an easier way to do it. Today we're talking about alternative diets and some of the benefits of choosing an alternative diet. And there's lots of different kinds of alternative diets. We're talking not about the standard American diet or the SAD diet. Yeah, we started to call this show vegetarian eating or something related to vegetarianism, but there really are so many different types of diet out there these days. So we want to just call it the benefits of an alternative diet because you know, we don't want to focus so much on what you want to take away from the standard American diet, although when you do choose to be healthier, you're going to have to make some substitutions or eliminate some, some foods. At least choose them in moderation. But as Steve's referring to the standard American diet, that's not going to yield the health benefits that we're looking for. So we're looking for something that's, a, you know, more of a minimal, a simple plan with, with much healthier options. Well, one of the things that choosing one of these alternative diets does is it cuts out a lot of choices. And that, that may seem like a bad thing if you really appreciate having lots of choices available, but you're eliminating some of the most unhealthy choices from the list. And that makes choosing what to eat a lot easier because the list of options is so much smaller. It's easier choices, no less decision anxiety. Right. The most common form of an alternative diet is vegetarian. Right. And when you say vegetarian, there's so many different types of definitions to that. Um, myself, I follow uh, more of a vegetarian diet, but I don't call myself a vegetarian. I do eat fish several times a week. And so, people, you know, if, I, if I'm at a dinner party or a restaurant, I'm not going to order meat or I'm not going to order what's served. They're like, oh, are you a vegetarian? No. You know, and people like to make fun because you have limitations on your diet. But... It's it's a it's a lifestyle choice to really just right. keep the saturated fat intake down primarily. In the strictest definition, a vegetarian does not eat any meat, no poultry, game fish, or slaughter byproducts such as gelatin or animal fats. Yeah, and an example of that is Jello itself, right? So people don't realize that that's even from an animal byproduct as well. Right. 
So there's different types of vegetarians. The first one is a lacto-ova vegetarian. So they actually will eat dairy products like eggs and cheese and yogurt and sour cream, but not any other meat products. Right. And I guess I can see that because nothing had to get killed to, that's like more like of a ethical sort of decision rather than is necessarily a health-based decision. Well, yes and no, right? Because if you think about it, there's even milk out there that is organic and free, almost free range. I guess that's for the eggs primarily, but yeah, free range is a good example. You can buy the cage-free eggs from animals that are raised healthier and happier. And then there is the organic milk that doesn't have the pesticides and the the hormones and the antibiotics involved. So you know, people don't even want to have milk that's are from animals that have been caged up. I see. Yeah, well, uh, again, I'd have to say that's like uh, an ethical decision. You don't want to be contributing to that ethically. I'm just not with that at all. So, yeah, I you, am. <laughs> hate me if you're gonna. That's fine. I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing. I just figure, you know, we don't need to put any unnecessary antibiotics or hormones in our bodies that we don't need. So I'll pay the extra dollar or two for the the free of those chemical products. Well, it's a it's a good thing you mentioned that because every step you take away from the standard American diet, you're going to incur more cost, uh, more time consumption. Um, more work on your part, more attention to detail, Mm -hmm. because our society is structured around this standard American diet. The economy of it is provide the fattiest, saltiest, best tasting, cheapest, low quality food, and the highest amount of quality for a dollar. You're right, you're right. And if you're if you look at it that way, it's it's very easy to live that way. You can drive through almost any corner and get that type of um, food, but if you start adopting a simpler plan, you just have to be selective of where you shop, yeah. be selective where you eat. And I have to say, we're pretty, you know, we, be, we benefit from living in California. You know, yeah. here in San Diego, we have great access to fruits and vegetables and organic foods and people that care about animals, you know, yeah. they, they do sell these products more often. But if you want to go to a restaurant, you're probably not going to get even soy milk right. in a lot of places. It might be a little bit of a difficult plan to follow, but once you do adopt it as a lifestyle, I think that you'll find that it's easier than you think. It's taking responsibility, a little more responsibility for what you choose instead of having no plan at all and just saying, well, whatever I come across, that's what I'll choose from. And you know, I think that's very well said, actually. I think more people, um, and they know this already, need to take more responsibility. You know, you had the people that were suing the fast food restaurants for becoming obese, and you know, you choose what you put into your body. Absolutely. So, yeah, put the responsibility on yourself. And, and this is not just for you, but also your kids. Those of you that have children, you know, you're in charge of what they eat. I know that there's a lot of poor quality choices in the schools these days. Yes. Um, I worked on a project in this in college, and it's it's alarming, the food that they serve in the school system. So you can send off a healthy lunch with them. Right. And uh, it's important to try and teach them how to make these decisions, how to identify good and poor choices, because they're getting inundated with media telling them, you know, suggesting what to choose. And they're throwing money at it, too. I mean, you know, you have the the soda companies giving money to have soda machines in the schools. You have the fast food chains in the schools. Recently here in California, they have a Starbucks in the school now. Yeah. So. so, 
on one hand, you see some schools kind of some school districts waking up and saying, "Look, no more soda machines on campus," and they lose money for that. Right. And uh, other school districts are saying, "Look, we need the money so bad, we're going to do it. We're going to put the you know uh, fast food chain foods on our lunch menus." Yeah. And so forth. So, but there's also schools out there. I have to give them high fives for for supporting local farmers and local growers and buying organic and having cooks make very healthy options for the kids. And I just love hearing that stuff. And I hope that we're moving in that direction. Yeah. So the next one on on our list that we want to talk about is very similar to the previous, and that's the lacto vegetarian. So they do eat dairy products, but just not eggs. So no meat, no eggs, but they will like use the milk type product to make cheese or yogurt and use those products and that would be okay. Right. You still get ice cream. So basically you, you're you someone who wants to support the environment and not eat meat, but you got to have cheese and you got to have ice cream. Right. And now, and this is one I have heard of before, because to be honest with you, aside from vegetarian, the other two I hadn't heard of. Uh, vegan, I am aware of. This is someone that does not eat dairy products, no eggs, or any other animal product. Right. They're really just willing to forego all animal byproducts in every form. And typically a vegan will also not wear leather, right. not wear leather shoes, not wear leather clothing, not wear any type of anything from animals as well. They're trying to separate themselves from any sort of animal commercialization um, or consumption. Yeah. So I I understand that as well. That's not what I choose to do. But there are others. I mean, you might have heard of vegan. You might have heard of the others. But this is one... I did not know existed in any form or fact or any form or any form or in any form <laughs> and that's the fruitarian right you know I actually do have a friend who is pretty much a fruitarian um, so this person really just a fruitarian is often referred to as a person who follows a raw diet mm. they won't cook anything over 180 degrees right and the body really does thrive well, and it's kind of going towards a macrobiotic diet, which is also very extreme. But the fruitarian, they just don't like processed foods at all. Cooked foods are rarely eaten. They mostly will eat just raw fruit, grains, and nuts. And, you know, you can't kill a plant as a fruitarian. You can only pick them off the ground or take them from the plant without harming the plant. Hmm. So if you kill the plant by taking it, you can't have it. Right. So it's pretty It's pretty extreme, but... Um, my friend that follows a diet very similar to this is um, a yoga instructor and very yeah. healthy. And That's way California, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, even even for my belief system, as much as I try to watch what I um, put into my body, I'm just like, you know, that's really simple. <laughs> that's yeah. very disciplined. Yeah. Yeah. I think he pretty much eats tomatoes, avocado. He does eat bread. <laughs> so I wonder how that works. But, yeah. I don't know. That's <laughs> way, way beyond what I'm willing to do. So what I would pretty much label myself, I mean, I don't like to put labels on it, but what a person like me is called is a demi-vegetarian or a pescatarian. And is someone who chooses to adopt a primarily vegetarian diet, but eat fish. Fish are included in the acceptable. Yeah. So. I figure okay. for personal views, if I can, you know, pull it out of the water and clean it up myself and cook it, then I'll eat it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And plus it has great health benefits. It's low well, calorie, low fat. Uh, let's be clear. You're not catching all of your own fish. Not lately. No. Okay. <laughs> I so. catch them at the grocery store. Yeah. They're real easy it, to though. catch there. And that's and that's where I'm going with that. I have yeah. done it, and I, I was okay doing it. If I had to go out and take a gun or a knife and kill a big animal, then, 
you know, I couldn't do that. I know that. So yeah. okay, that's where I'm, I'm going with that one. Okay. So all of these options present some benefits. And that's kind of what we want to tell you about. Other than just introducing you to these options that you can research on your own, we want to get you some of the idea of why besides you know I don't want to hurt animals you might choose these yeah why bother if you love steak or you love um, chicken or you love pork or whatever it is you know cheese if you really like these foods why should you take them out of your diet or even minimize them right well and let's let's also just point out that you can do this most of the time and still I mean you don't just because you choose to be a fruitarian most of the time if you eat something that a fruitarian wouldn't well the universe won't implode <laughs> right. you know you know strict strict uh, followers followers of any of these diets if if you label yourself one of these and then they see you eating fish or see you eating something like you are not a fruitarian right. well, <laughs> and you know who cares to each their own this is just like steve saying adopting a diet most of the time yeah for better health for for long term healthy lifestyle and you could even do this for a day or a week or something like that and just See how you like it. Yeah, chances are, I mean, if you really minimize or even eliminate all animal products, for most people, you're going to have a lot more energy. Yeah. You're, if you're looking at reducing cholesterol, this is a great way to do it. Yeah. Honestly, several years ago, that's why I did it. I had very high cholesterol, and I was pretty pretty healthy person, but decided to take away animals and start exercising more and reduce my cholesterol by over 50 points. Wow. So... I was a choice. Um, but, you know, if you're looking to l- reduce your blood pressure, you know, the the saturated fats from animal products and the cholesterol that you, you do ingest um, do coat your artery walls, which have an impact on your blood pressure. And your triglycerides, if you're looking at high triglycerides, the, the fat intake, once again, is right. what you want to reduce. And it's an excellent tool for weight, weight management as well. Uh, these tend to be lower calorie food items uh, that are on this list of uh, acceptable foods if you're uh, fruitarian or lacto-ovo vegetarian. Well, you know, we like to say that you're never going to gain weight on fruits and vegetables. There's nothing bad about them um, except when you get into the pesticides and stuff like that. However, if you look at fruits and vegetables compared to any animal product, you're looking at a huge difference in nutrition and also fat intake as well as you're, you're relating weight management to this picture, calories. Yeah. Well, and we're talking about in their natural form. If you dehydrate and concentrate these fruits by turn, f- these fruits by turning them into juices and, you know, dehydrated, like uh, dehydrated apricots come to mind, much more dense in calories than just the natural fruit. So. Right. And, they, you know, they are calorie dense, but they're also very nutrition dense. Right. You're getting a lot more benefit than you would out of something uh, for the amount of calories, same amount of calories. Right. So weight loss, weight management, if you're looking to reduce calories, a good way to go is to minimize or moderate any animal products that you're you're taking in. It does present a problem. If you're taking out all of these, like especially meat and dairy, you're taking away a good source of protein. Right. Now, you need protein. We did a whole show on protein. It's essential for proper nutrition to consume some form of protein and how do you ensure that you're getting proper protein you know it's funny if you if you do take away all animal products it will be more of a challenge to get protein for you however 
you'll have to bring some things into your diet. You can't just start eating a bunch of fruits and vegetables. Even these fruitarians, they have to eat nuts. So that's the first good way, a good source of protein right there is some raw nuts, especially almonds and walnuts and peanuts without salting them or coating them with anything fancy. But, you know, we, we need between 50 and 70 grams of protein a day to minimally. And the most, you know, the average American has no problem getting this. We get well over a hundred grams a day. Yeah. If you're curious as to how much you get, start tracking it. Start looking at labels. Start looking at websites of restaurants that you eat at. We get plenty. But like you mentioned, if you start taking away animal products, then you're gonna take away a lot of protein. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, just just pick any fruit. Apples. Apples have no protein. You know, some fruits and vegetables do have protein, and I never remember which ones they are, but it's pretty minimal. Avocado. Yeah. I get my sources from nuts and beans, whole beans like black beans, garbanzo beans, kidney beans, as well as soy products. Soy products are great for this. Now, that's like um, the tofu is a soy product. Lots of protein in that. They make like uh, soy burgers and soy alternative meats. Mm Mm-hmm. And those are loaded with protein. They are loaded with protein. You have to keep in mind they're processed soybeans. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking to stay away from processed things, you might want to just eat the whole soybean. Yeah. But if you're interested in really learning a lot about this, you'll want to listen to our previous podcast about proteins because it's, right. it's pretty thorough. And choosing these alternative diets does not ensure better health. You're right. You know, I was I was always alarmed when I was going to school in San Francisco to meet people and see that they were pretty unhealthy or overweight and then learned that they were a vegan or a vegetarian. And I'm just like, really? Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you kind of think, uh, usually I do at least, that someone that follows that kind of a diet would be healthier. But then I would see they're eating a lot of chocolate or candy or potato chips or French fries. Like, you don't have to, you don't necessarily follow a healthy diet right. to follow a vegetarian diet. Right. You might get uh, candy, for example. Lots Sugar. of candies are, yeah. You can really mess it up with a vegetarian diet. Sure. Okay. So, aside from the animal products, part of an alternative diet might be avoiding some of the other things like artificial colors and foods. This is a big one for me as well. Um, I try, I tend to shop at a store here that doesn't sell things with artificial colors or preservatives or homo- hormones or pesticides. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a really hard thing to do. I mean, if you eat candies, any kind of commercial candies for the most part that are colorful, you're going to get these agents. So, yeah. you know, they're just – there's lots of studies out there that say they relate to cancer and we're eating them and we're alive, but we're also very unhealthy. So you have a choice. You, know, you decide what you're going to put in your body. Yeah. And it's not to say that you should go on some extreme – end of the spectrum here and eliminate everything with you know red dye number 40 <laughs> yeah but pay attention pay be attention aware. read labels yeah now what? in order to do any of this you're going to have to have some label reading skills absolutely so along with this we have uh, some recommended reading so the first one is um, a, a magazine that I read that I really like. It's called Eating Well. And Steve informed me today that uh, Dr. Weil is associated with it. And I didn't realize that because it's also one of our websites on our list for this podcast, which is www.drweil.com. And it's W-E-I-L. And he's just wonderful for any kind of food tips, especially healthy recipes, um, vegetarian or not. 
yeah. but using whole foods and just keeping health in mind overall. Yeah, yeah. And then my girlfriend works for an organization that we have posted on our website as well, which we really like, which is www.meatlessmonday.com. Right. And I think it's just uh, important to point out that we're not associated with Dr. Weil. Right. We're not part of the Eating Well magazine at all. That's not us. We're not trying to be them. Yeah, good that you're pointing that out. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we like to point out that we want to eat well. Right. It's just a nice coincidence that they're on the same same wavelength as we are. Yeah, yeah. We got a few listener questions. And we've been trying to conquer the email dilemma for some time. <laughs> and this seems like a pretty easy way to do it, to pick out a few of them, especially if it's a popular subject, and cover it in the show instead of trying to send an email back out to every single person. And if you don't get an email response... Trying to understand that we we would like to get back to everybody, but we may not. We're actually getting a, quite a few listeners, and we really do su- appreciate the support and the and the good feedback, as well as the questions. So keep them coming, and just know that if you're not responded to right away, you you're probably one of many that had a very similar question, and we'll probably create a podcast just around that. Right. If you also have any special requests for a show topic, you know, uh, I can't make any promises, but we'd like to know what you want to hear. We want to know what you want to hear about. You're our listening audience, and uh, your suggestions and tips are always welcome. Greatly appreciated. So the first one is from Don B. in Oregon, who writes, I've got a question about artificial sweeteners such as Equal and Splenda. How safe do you think these products are? What do you think? Well, I use Splenda a lot, all over the place. And I did use Equal, um, but I didn't stop because I didn't think it was unsafe. I just like the Splenda product better. Um, it's sucralose and Splenda. Right. And I'm not sure what that comes from. It it's comes from sugar. It's um, a derivative. They basically have have um, broken or added, I forget, a double bond, the hydrogen and oxygen. So it's just tweaking the sugar molecule so that the calories aren't absorbed. Yeah. And it, it does. It tastes like sugar. If you haven't tried it yet, I highly recommend it. There's And, you know... You can make the argument that it's highly processed and it's not really, a, it's a chemical sweetener. Okay, I can accept that. There are uh, natural, non-chemical sweeteners that like stevia. Right. And uh, if you haven't tried stevia, and I'm not sure how that's spelled, it's not something I use. But I know it. But it is extremely sweet. Right. It's something like five or six times sweeter than sugar. Yeah, and it comes in a liquid form or a, or a tablet form. You can just add it to your drink a little drop and it's s-t-e-v-i-a stevia so you're probably um, not going to find it at the grocery store either you're going to have to look for it yeah more of a natural food store a whole whole food store I've seen it a package now like in a regular sugar packet also really yeah it's uh, granulated and you can better control it's it's very powerful like I said it's very very sweet yeah so if you're trying to add it to your coffee you may not want to add but just a few granules of the stuff it's gonna make a big impact and i'm kind of on the same wavelength as steve as far as the equal and the uh sweet and low you know the blue ones and the pink ones out there they are clearly artificial sweeteners the aspartame and the saccharin i don't prefer those tastes at all and personally i'm very aspartame sensitive so i won't use that product at all um, but the Splenda just seems to taste good. Yeah. All three of these products, from all the studies, and I've read actually numerous studies on all three of these sweeteners, are all saying that these are safe. 
Um, they, they have been tested in, and used in Europe for a long time, as well as the U.S., and, you know, this is a common question I get from patients um, in my regular job, and the saccharin, you know, you'd have to drink the equivalent of, like, 800 cans of soda, and it's not even you, it's like a rat, a very small lab rat drinking 800 cans of soda in one day to possibly maybe get a an ulcer or, excuse me, not an ulcer, what is it, um, a tumor. tumor, excuse me, a tumor. So, as far as the studies show, it's safe. Yeah. It's just a matter of taste and preference at this point, I believe. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, my personal recommendation would be to try Splenda and try Stevia and see what you like. More and more uh, beverages, like we've mentioned the Diet Right in our hydration podcast, um, it's got Splenda in it as a sweetener. And uh, more and more major uh, label, major label uh, beverage producers are using Splenda to sweeten their products, like 7-Up just switched, mm-hmm. and uh, Diet Coke has a version of their product out. That's splendid in it. They're switching over. And I do want to say that it's best not to use any of these products, sure. clearly. They're they're all not needed. They're not needed nutrition. So if you can do without any of them, that's even better. But if you're going to need and use something to sweeten any food or beverage, I would say go with something without calories. Yeah. Especially if you're looking at weight loss and weight management, which most of us are. Yeah. Our next question is Charles W. from Colorado. He wants to know about proper nutrition. He says, my diet from my physician is 1,800 calories a day. I also have started a regular exercise routine. I have lost 12 pounds in little under two weeks. Congratulations on that. Yeah. I'm adjusting still to the diet, but I feel that I'm not getting the nutrition that I may need. I keep a daily food log that tracks what I eat. Good choice. How can I become a little more secure in learning how to balance my diet? You know, I have a very simple answer for this. Um, I don't know your age or your height or your current weight, but uh, for the most part, if you're on 1,800 calories a day and losing weight, you're you're looking to lose some more. So if you're going to be getting at least 60, 60 grams of protein a day, which should be at least six ounces, right? Deck of cards is three ounces, so two decks of cards. That's very simple to get in any form. Right. Five servings minimally of vegetables and fruit, and then three servings of dairy, okay, yogurt, milk, uh, cottage cheese. Right. That's going to give you at least 1,200 calories a day, and that would be a balanced, whole, complete nutrition. So you can afford to have extra fruits and vegetables, extra protein, extra dairy, and then even the option to add in some whole grains. So if you wanted to use some whole grain crackers or some brown rice, um, look at labels, like Steve was mentioning earlier. This is very simple to do. I can sit here all day. We could sit here all day yeah. and tell you, don't eat this, don't eat that. But to ensure adequate nutrition, that's all you need. Right. And add some variety. Uh, I like the color system. If you're eating fruits and vegetables, have a variety of colors, and you should cover all your bases. Yeah, that's a really good tip, actually. You don't want to yeah. have just all yellow squash and yellow bananas and yellow whatever you need some red and some green and some purple some blue and the more colors you have the more antioxidants and phytochemicals and macronutrients you're you're actually getting yeah so that's just an easy way to do it is to use the color system yeah i totally agree good question chad k writes i was wondering what the two of you think about the free nutritional what uh free nutritional tools at www.mypyramidtracker.gov any thoughts about the quality on the the quality of the information, especially the food intake assessment? 
Have you looked at this new website yourself? Yeah, I did. And, um, you know, it's definitely a, a tool for people that aren't doing much already. For myself, it wasn't quite appropriate. I've got a very elaborate tracking system and I'm keeping track of all sorts of different things and my food log I keep on my PDA and I'm you know I'm always adjusting and you know so it wasn't quite appropriate for me. I also use I also use some foods that are not listed in its database. So there wasn't at least when I looked at it there wasn't a means to add your own foods, but the suggestions it made were really appropriate, you know. Uh, when I see the the food I'm talking about is a shake and it's a dairy based shake and so when I put in what I did eat for the day I said well you didn't put in dairy in so maybe you should try that add some cheese or add some whatever and it's like oh well hmm. it did notice it did say that there was no dairy in there so I would say you know if you're not doing anything that's definitely a tool to start using because it does work it is, it is accurate and it's well thought out well, it's good to hear that you actually tried out the assessment tools because I, I know this this was a big story in the news. This is the government-funded pyramid eating plan, which I have to say I'm, all, I'm always a little leery of when it comes down to government funding of this type of information because it's usually supported by the Dairy Council, right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but this website, it's very fun. It's user-friendly, but I, another thing I notice is there's a lot of information. You can sit in front of the computer for a long time navigating this website. Yeah. So, you know, I, I prefer a, a site we've mentioned in the past, which is nutritiondata.com. But if you're looking for uh, intake assessment, and Steve, you should take over here. You're using a great system at this time. Yeah, I use the uh, Calorie King system on the Palm OS. The Windows version, Windows CE version is a little bit different. Um, but I use the Palm OS version, and um, I use uh, OpenOffice.org's spreadsheet tool to kind of tabulate all the information I collect there, and uh, I I really do like it. It's a very simple, efficient system that I, you know, makes all the data transportable. So all the computer geeks out there know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and um, you you did mention CalorieKing.com. So yeah. is it true that you can do a free food diary of some kind? On their website? It's or? not something I've tried. Okay. But the uh, My Pyramid Tracker does allow you to log in, establish an account, and it does keep track and does keep records for you. And then you can go back and look and get like a historical view. So if you don't have a means or you're not uh, super slick on the web. And Computer you're, savvy. Yeah. It, it might not be ideal. They really did try and streamline it, but they're not designers. Yeah, clearly, so you know you got to doing something is better than doing nothing, and it's something I, I I'd say use it. Yeah, my per my preferred method is still the sixty nine cent spiral bound notebook. Yeah, <laughs> but that kind of goes along with the the answer to the previous question, which is as long as you're getting in all your fruits and vegetables right. and your protein, and you know you're getting an adequate nutrition already, that's a good measuring tool. But otherwise, uh, the my pyramid tracker. Dot gov is, is a fine tool. It's just very um, overloaded and yeah, yeah. So it's hard for me to knock any tracking system because yeah. I don't want to say, well, don't do that, but it does make suggestions. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, our next question comes from Stephen K. Uh, he writes in on the few things. Uh, he's passed. He's passed on word that 
He's down 30 pounds, so Ooh. congratulations on that. Yeah, high five. He also pointed out a rather prominent typo used on several websites related to our show. Thank you. Uh, also asked about um, uh, bottled water and whether or not it's worth it to filter your own. But filtered water is great. Bottled water is great. I'd be more concerned whether the vessel you're drinking it from is clean than absolutely the purity of the water and so forth. Just getting water in, choosing to drink water... It's largely the challenge in my mind. So instead of having that coffee in the morning, water would be a lot better choice. I'm not so concerned personally whether or not I have the absolutely purest H2O that you can get your hands on. Yeah, and this really varies depending on who you're talking to. Like Steve and I, we used either bottled water or filtered water, yeah. but we drink a lot of it. So yeah. I, I personally have a plastic container that I use all the time, and I have to run it through the dishwasher and sanitize it to make sure it's clean. Um, bottled water is always good in a pinch. Um, I have a filter on my sink that I use. It depends on where you live. You know, Does it taste good? Are you going to drink it? Uh, if your water doesn't taste good, if you can smell the chlorine and it's a turn off to you or a put off to you, you're not going to drink it, go invest the extra money in some bottled water. But um, don't reuse bottles that you can buy at a convenience store. The the typical store brands or the bottled water brands that are plastic, you right. don't want to use those more than two or three times. Right, because they're hard to clean effectively and it's just going to be a breeding ground. It's so, not likely that you're going to put those in the dishwasher and sanitize them. Right, because of the label and for some other reasons. But So, you know, Stephen, I'd say that you're ahead of the game if you're filtering water. Uh, drink the water you think tastes best because you're more likely to drink it. Yep. And uh, he also says that he's uh, lifting weights to build strength. And he wants to know at what point, if ever, should he be increasing protein intake for the sake, for the sake of uh, muscle building. This is a question I think we might have also addressed in our protein uh, podcast a little while back, but general rule of thumb, once again, women need 50 grams a day, men need 60 grams a day minimally. Once you reach age 50, add 10 grams to that, Right. so it would be 60 and 70 grams a day. If you're lifting weights and, you know, if you're a hardcore weight trainer, muscle builder, you're going to need a lot more. Right. If you're doing this two or three times a week and you're just toning up, yeah. chances are you're doing just fine. You could add an extra piece of chicken or a block of tofu or cup of beans if you just felt more you well, know, secure. What about my weight gainer 5,000? Is that a protein supplement? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the shake. Yeah. Uh, you don't need to go out and spend a lot of money on fancy shakes that contain an, you know, a lot of protein. Um, it's very easy to get on your own, and don't go crazy eating tons of it because you're you're yeah. you're uh, weightlifting. That you're really just essentially tearing and and repairing and rebuilding muscles, which is pretty minimal. You know, it takes about six weeks to build a pound of muscle up. Mm. So don't go crazy adding in tons of protein as the bottom line. Yeah. Chances are you're probably already getting enough. Do we have another one? Yeah, we have one more. I just printed it today. Um, this is from DS in Long Island. Um, and I kind of want to read some background to her email because I think it's helpful. She says, I've been researching hypoglycemia. And all the sources I've found on it so far talk about only the ways in which it affects people with diabetes. I don't have diabetes. I'm just a young person with a speedy metabolism, which for years gave me a blank check to eat whatever I wanted. I find my blood sugar crashing a lot and I become an absolute wreck. I feel like I read somewhere a while ago that it's the 
constant spikes and crashes in blood sugar that can lead an individual to get diabetes later on. Do you have any advice on how to manage my blood sugar better? I keep apples and oranges around as snacks, but they always they always leave me feeling hungry. It seems to me that a lot of the time when I eat fibrous foods, I'm still hungry and the only way I ever feel full is if I eat a million pounds of food. Bottom line or question is, do you have any tips for a vegetarian, non-diabetic, hypoglycemic to manage her blood sugar for the promotion of long-term health? This is an excellent question, yeah. by the way. Um, the first thing I want to address is that I wouldn't promote anyone out there the desire to feel full. We want to feel satisfied all day long. Feeling hungry gets you in trouble. Feeling full, we know what that feels like. Right. <laughs> Energy drain, lethargy, it's, just, it's not what we're looking for. Satisfied is key. Yeah. Um, I, this, this situation actually hits kind of close to home because my previous boyfriend was hypoglycemic and this was a regular occurrence that we encountered. And so what happens is you do, you take in simple sugars, simple carbs, you know, white rice, white bread, white pasta, candy, um, pastries, biscuits, you know, the things that we eat often in mm -hmm. the standard American diet. And that does, it causes your pancreas to excrete extra amounts of insulin, which causes the glucose to come back down, which right. causes the crash that you're explaining here. And then you feel hungry again whether or not you need to eat or not. So even though you may have just eaten about 20 minutes ago and you know that you have food in your belly, you're not feeling hungry, you associate your characteristics such as sweaty palms and blurred vision, like, oh, my, my glucose must be low or I, I need to get fuel in my body. I'm hungry. Right. But you're not necessarily hungry. Yeah. It, it's a good time to mention there that if you are eating and you realize that you're full you've probably overeaten. Yes, if you're in the middle of eating any food or meal and you're feeling full, you've gone past the point of being full. In 10, 15 minutes, you're gonna be pretty uncomfortable, actually. Yeah. So to give a better answer to this question, it's a, it's a pretty simple answer, actually. You, you mentioned that you like to have on hand apples and oranges, which is great, but that sugar alone will cause your spike in, in crash, like you were mentioning. So right. what you'll want to do is add protein. Every time you're eating something, you want to add a little bit of fat and a little bit of protein as well. Right. Okay. And that could be nuts, uh, maybe a little piece of string cheese, um, something like that. Mm -hmm. And so you're mentioning cheese and nuts, which are great nutrition, but you also want to keep in mind portion size. So you don't want to just pull out a can of nuts or a bag of nuts and start taking handfuls of them because then you get into the weight issue. So some almonds, some walnuts, some peanuts, some string cheese. I know um, you mentioned that you're vegetarian, so if you're not using cheese products, that would be something to avoid. But any protein choice that you're incorporating into your diet plan would be just fine. Right. And you can do a little portion control ahead of the time and improve your environmental control. If you portion it up ahead of the time and you're keeping it with your fruits and vegetables, you won't have to make a decision on the spot because, I don't know, for me, having a, a whole can of or bag of nuts open because I know I need to eat them is just an invitation to eat more than I really need. Right. So, you know, you can find some very portable things like the nuts we were mentioning, some granola, some whole grain crackers, a whole grain bagel even. Oh, I wonder um, like a, a little trail mix wouldn't improve things a little bit. Tremix could be fine as long as it wasn't the ones full of the M&M type candies yeah, and sugar. Ch chocolate chips, right? Right. Make your own. So you do want to find something that's high quality, a lean protein, a whole grain. 
Right. And combine that with your fruit. And do this all throughout the day. Anytime you have a meal, you want to have some amount of fat and some amount of protein as well as the carbohydrate, good or bad. And check your water intake. A real good way to overcome like a sensation of being hungry is to just increase your water intake a little bit. Yeah, you know, you're mentioning that you don't feel full and you have to feel like you have to eat a large volume of food. Well, start having a full glass of water or a cup of tea with each meal as well. So once again, another great question. I hope that you, you know, you mentioned that you don't want to become diabetic, and I don't blame you. I mean, that's not a disease anybody wants to have. So I'm glad that you're really combating this and and confronting it early on. Good job. So thanks for listening to the show. Uh, Again, our website is eatingwellpodcast.blogspot.com. And on the website, we've got all sorts of links to uh, things we've talked about on the show. And on the right side, there's an archive section and quick links to if you want to subscribe to the show and if you want to vote for us on uh, Podcast Alley and all sorts of other things that just make it a little bit easier for everyone else. Um, Be well. Yeah, be well. The exit music is So Funky It Stinks by Furious Ball, part of the Podsafe Music Network, available at music.podshow.com.